to the newest episode of the Figure Guns podcast. If you were tuning into this expecting Ross's sultry voice, unfortunately he's not here this week. Uh, he's currently got the lurgy. Uh, we are wishing him as well in his recovery. So instead you've got my stoky tones. Yay! I'm Sean Davis and I'll be the host this week. And I am joined by the catastrophe Cat Bullock. Hello, hello. Is that a good name? That's not a good nickname. I'm going to win. It is. If you spell it with a K, I think it would be a good nickname. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. The Catastrophe Cat Bullock. How are you? I'm, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm okay. I'm good. okay. Good. And I'm also joined the militant Miles Thompson. Oh, very nice. I like that. Hello, mate. Oh, it's you. I'm giving everyone nice nicknames this week. Yeah, doing a good job. Thanks. Uh, um, and today we are going to record a podcast. We're going to talk about um, a Wu-Tang Clan game. We're going to talk about Sir Trevor McDonald being the new games master. But as always, we're going to start this podcast off with what games we have been playing. So Kat, let's, let's kick off with you. What games have you been playing this week? So this week I've really delved into the Halloween theme of October and I've been playing Pumpkin Jack. So Pumpkin Jack um, is a essentially a real old school platformer. So if you've played Bugs Bunny Lost in Time, if you've played Medieval, if you've played Spyro, if you've played Jack and Daxter, that's the kind of, I guess, formula it has. It kind of every level is a different kind of world or environment. You collect stuff, you have a big boss at the end. It's just very joyful. Um, so Pumpkin Jack is a, is, a, is a dude with a pumpkin on its head. And essentially you are on the side of evil. So it's the kingdom, uh, the devil gets really bored and he casts a spell upon the kingdom um, to kind of cause a little bit of chaos. Um, the villagers are like, now nah, fuck this shit. Um, we're gonna make a big wizard and try and, you know, undo the curse. And then the devil goes, well, okay, well, stop your wizard. We're going to reincarnate Pumpkin Jack and um, stop your wizard. And that's that's you. So it's kind of like just on the devil's side. It's really cool. So kind of everything that you remember and love about platforming games in the PS2, PS3 era is there. So like you have these mini games, you have different sides. There's nothing that's the same. Um, the clunky combat, it's just great. And every kind of little cliche about Halloween is in there. The soundtrack is really cool. It just is like an embodiment of playing the night level for Christmas. It's really cool. And that's what I'm playing this week. Your, your review convinced me that I need this game. Oh, it, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I really did like it. I am. Um, it was just one of those things. I was just like, damn, this is this is why I love platform games. Like, this is why I love platform adventure games. It's because it just reminded me of just just those kind of games like Spyro and Medieval and yeah, yeah really cool really cool because ad and do you know what? it's done by one person so obviously he had a team eventually but like oh. Nicholas Maisoner Maisoner yeah is his name and um yeah he's been working on it for quite a few years and there's one man band fair play to him he has embodied absolutely everything that he must have loved about PlayStation games or Xbox games or whatever kind of games he played into this game it's really cool i hope he does more i can't wait to see what else comes out of him i think i think he's announced his next game but i can't remember what it is and i i i will check before the end of the podcast and get back to you but what what impressed me about like your review and the game in general is the fact that it's like 
there are there are so many games that try and replicate their like Banjo Kazooie style stuff, yeah. and not, not enough of Medieval and Spyro. Like yeah. you know, it's a big collectathon games. You know, there's so many collectathon yeah. games out there, but like games like Medieval, which are like more linear. Yes. And yes. Absolutely. I miss those games so much. Exactly, and I think platform adventure games now really try to do the open world thing, which is absolutely yeah. fine. But there isn't enough games, which is like straight line but kind of you can kind of meddle about or muck about and kind of you know explore around cliffs and stuff like that but really it is quite linear you know where you're going you're going forward you know but how you get forward is going to be you know a different different story and yeah it's it really reminded me exactly why I love it and it's not too long it's not too short um it's yeah really really cool really really cool yeah definitely get it it's definitely worth I think it's something like twelve ninety nine on the store at the moment. I Are you think kidding? it's well worth it. Something I'm sure I saw that it was on because of course when you do have a game, the PlayStation store obviously says it's in your library. <laughs> Just purchased. No, yeah, you can't exactly. buy it again. <laughs> in library. Um but uh yeah, um and I've I i do not even I had no idea what the trophy list is and I platinumed it. Nice. I just assumed. I just assumed. I was like, it must be collect everything. It must be this. Must be, and yeah, really cool. But I think it's about 12, 12 to fourteen quid. I think if I remember right, twelve ninety nine. I think might be fourteen ninety nine. But I still think it's well worth it. Just yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that a go. I'm gonna try and play that on Halloween. That's new. Halloween yes, game. that's. I mean, yeah, it's not a game for Easter. You have to play it on Halloween <laughs> just to get just <laughs> just to get into the spooky vibes. I wonder if they do like an Easter mode where they just changed everything to eat eggs. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. That'd be cool. Uh, Miles, what is your game of the week? Oh, that was actually quite, a, it just reminded me of playing the medieval remake and how fun it was and how much. Yes, yeah. yes. You made a really good point of like, they don't make enough games like that anymore. And I think they should. Thank you. Um, but yeah, medieval is fast. Um, so I've been playing quite a lot and obviously I wasn't here last week. Um, so I've played a few different games, but the one I'm going to talk about is the trilogy of Crisis. Um, so back in the day, I played a lot of Crisis 2, including the multiplayer. Um, I think I must have had probably 100 hours in it by the end of my time overall with it. Um, and I did play through Crisis 3, um, but I kind of forgot all about it, even though I think I enjoyed it at the time, but couldn't really remember. Um, but what's been really fun jumping back into the trilogy is a getting to play the first one because I never got to play it. Uh, Sean, I can confirm the first one still plays like shit um, on the console oh. port. For, and I don't even understand why, because obviously it looks amazing on the PC, but the console port just sucks mechanically. Like the aiming doesn't really work properly. The sensitivity is really far down when you start and it makes it like... Do you remember in Killzone 2, one of the reasons people didn't like it was because obviously they did like the gravity according to Helgen, which made everything super heavy and slow. But it's like that, but times by about 20 on like the automatic sensitivity it's already on. So first thing you do is on Crisis 1, just load it up, go straight into the options, turn up to 100 and then play from there because it'll actually feel like a normal shooter at that point. Um, But once I kind of got over the first hour or two, I kind of got used to it and then it was all right. And it was worth experiencing to see where the series started. Um, but Crisis 2 and 3 are still by far the better of the three games. <clears throat> Amazingly, Crisis 2 and 3 still look absolutely incredible, despite coming out almost over a decade ago. Well, for Crisis 3 anyway, it was just for short of that, but they still look just ridiculous. Like the lighting effects, there's even little bits of ray tracing that they've done for the remasters, which make them look even better. And just, I can't believe the actual scale and the spectacle they managed to create on PS3. Like I genuinely could not believe that these games existed on PS3. Cause I know obviously they've been upgraded, but you can see that they were still very fundamentally good from the start. Uh, mechanically, they all play the same way. Nothing's really changed too, too much. 
but I was quite surprised at how much better Crisis 3 actually was in terms of its like it innovated a little bit on the combat and made it smoother. Um, they added a few systems in which worked quite well with like hacking. Um, the introduction of the bow and the upgrade systems were improved as well. And I kind of looked back on it and I was like, oh yeah, I always remembered Crisis 2 as being the one that I really liked, one of my favorite games and never really gave the credit. And I think Crisis 3 deserved probably because there was just so many shooters out at the time. So being able to go back and replay them all through in sequence showed me A, how good the story was. It was actually quite interesting. Um, but also that Crisis 3 was maybe a bit underappreciated in my mind. So uh, yeah, if you have a hankering for shooters and you never got to play Crisis, then you've got no reason not to because it's an excellent package deal um, and they're well worth experiencing. Just probably skip Crisis 1 if it gives you the bad first impression that I got when I first tried it as well. But yeah, they're great. Let me ask you a quick question about Crisis 1. Yes. So, so when Greg initially reviewed it, there was a lot of like visual bugs Mm -hmm. So, so like some of the forests would like glitch out and go red and green. Oh, okay. Is I'm guessing you didn't see any of that with your because I know that they kind of patched it afterwards, but I don't think uh, they fixed everything. So, yeah, so I didn't get anything on that kind of scale. I got a couple of funny bugs where like, uh, but this was across the whole trilogy. I think like the co the code that they've done this with is kind of similar across all three games. Uh, where like for example like a dead body will just start ragdolling on the floor for no reason and like start like going absolutely mental like spinning around and freaking out and then they'll just get shot off into thin air and then I had one where a gun was on the ground and then somehow it managed to get lodged like the nozzle into the ground and then it was like making this really awful sound effect where like it sounded like it was firing and exploding at the same time constantly until I moved away from it and then it went away but those were the only kind of bugs I came across was like those little kind of things that are more kind of amusing than anything else. Um, but I didn't have anything of like crashing or uh, like what you described with the color side of it. It was more just there is texture popping and stuff like that. But I think that's just because Crisis 1 is old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it is better than it was. I, I, I said on the EGX podcast that when I sat down with the crisis remake i can't remember which i think it was two but like the bridge bit where the bridge falls down and there's loads of dust oh yeah that's crisis too yeah it, it was like such a good reminder of how cool those games were and how inventive they were with mm -hmm. stuff which is like it's, you know switching on the heat vision looking down sides to like snipe these guys that were being like hiding off in, in the dust it was such a cool moment and just yeah. those games are full of really cool set pieces that I am, was it i'm definitely going to get them um just like I mean, your, your review was like kind of the nail in the coffin because I, I hadn't seen three at all uh, i think greg played a bit of three and he was convinced he likes the bow but uh you know it was just just a reminder how good those games are yeah if you've ever wanted like a predator simulator game crisis three is it you get the bow you get invisibility you get nano vision you pop them all on and you just start murdering people and watch them go crazy as you do it and it's like yep i'm a force to be reckoned with this is awesome yeah, I, I just remember like playing on an on EGX and completely forgetting that I had the, the powers because I dropped in, <laughs> like I picked someone else's game up. So I was halfway through a level and I was just like, oh, this is like tougher than I remember. And I was like, oh, I can make myself tough or invisible. I remember now. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the cloak is still very much abusable. So I played all three on the hardest difficulty straight off from muscle memory. And you can use the cloak. And then like, if you quickly tap R1, fire a bullet and tap R1 again, the AI just doesn't know what to do. So that's still very, very abusable. But it's good fun. That's the point over there, and it's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you feel like an absolute badass. It's only when it goes wrong, you uncloak next to someone by accident, and then they just gun you down. You're like, Oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> uh, so my game of the week this week is 
I've been playing so many games that I can't actually talk about because the 3rd to 5th of November are going to be crazy for game releases. So I can't talk about any of the games that I've been playing recently, apart from one, which is Echo Generation. So this is a an action RPG that released on the Xbox in the last week or so. It's got a very, very cool voxel art. It's undeniably the best voxel art I've ever seen. Unfortunately, some other bits of the game aren't quite as good. They're, it's a turn-based game, so you, you can run around in this voxel world, and when you find enemies, you can go into turn-based combat. And the combat's great, and it's got this active-like ingredient to it, so that but every attack, you have to do a little quick-time event. So if you do a normal attack, like a symbol will pop up on the screen, you've got to pay, press A at the right time. Or there's one where stars spinning out of the screen and you've got to press A when they overlap. And if you do so, you get a critical hit. If you don't, you just do a bit of damage. It's a very cool system, but everything else about the game, for me, feels either not, put, not well put together or has been rewritten a few times. So the story itself is really confused. It's like you're in this a town in the 80s and there are aliens, there are monsters, there are clowns, there are trash monsters made of scrap metal, there are zombie cats. And it's like they've just chucked every piece of 80s kind of monsters at this game and just hoped some of it would stick. And there's nothing really that pulls it all together. And the characters don't really relate in a way that, that like reacts to any of these things in a way that feels real. So when you do get down to the nitty gritty of like the emotion of the story, that doesn't feel really either. It just doesn't, it just feels like a bit, bit odd. Like they, they, like you've got this, I mean, he's like mid-teens, I'd reckon, kid and his little sister. They walk into this, and I'm not going to spoil this. This is like in all of the like videos. This was up to where all of the previews could go. But you go into this, re this repair garage and there's a dead body on the floor. And there's like bloody footprints leading up to this, this dead body. And there's a giant clown in this garage. And they go, oh, we shall avenge you. And then start fighting a clown. And you're like, what? what why, why are these kids not running away? <laughs> well, it's just, it's just really odd. And because of that, it's, it's kind of totally jarring that you go like these, these two kids just running around, going to haunted schools and stuff. And it's, it's just weird. Um, it's on Game Pass on Xbox. So if you've got it on Xbox, uh, you know, definitely try it out because the visuals are worth the download anyway, because it is the best box art I've ever seen. But other than that, it's genuinely a bit of a letdown for me. It was one of my most up and coming games, like like anticipated games for this month. And unfortunately it's just just not that good. So that's my game of the week. Are you sounds, sounds pretty whack. <laughs> whack whack is I, I've never said whack in my life and meant it. I will it seems appropriate. Say, it's pretty whack. Um pretty whack, dude. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just I just wish it was better. Um such a shame, isn't it, when you anticipate a game and you're like, Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, and then it kind of sucks. Yeah, it it definitely does feel like that throughout development they've like restarted it or changed or something. Like a parts I was picking up, like in, in an entire world of items that you could piss up, possibly pick up, you can only pick up like quest items and health items. And like you just randomly pick up a book and you'd be like, okay, I, I no one's asked for this book. No one needed this book. And then three I hours later, anyway, fuck it. yeah, I'm just going to steal this random book from a bookshop. I don't, you know, I don't know why, just particularly this book. 
And then like two hours later, someone's like, oh, thank you for getting me that book I asked for. And I'm like, you didn't ask me for it. <laughs> I've never met you before, silly MPC. <laughs> uh, it's just crazy. Right, shall we do a quiz? Oh, oh. Let's do so. it. I can't believe I'm going to pit you two against each other. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think you're probably more sorry for me than you are for Miles. No, no, I mean, you, you no, never no. know. You never know here. I've, I've tried know. to be, I tried to be pretty fair with this quiz. Okay. Okay. Um, I've tried not to be a dick about questions. I've tried to take myself out a bit, a bit more because I realise I get too in the weeds with these questions sometimes. <laughs> so, so there are ten, ten quiz questions. Have you got buzzers? We do. Well, I do. Right, Miles, sh- give me a buzzer. Uh, I don't know. We just turn the sound up. Nope, that's my ringtone, not the sound. There you go. Okay, nice. Should be nice, Should be nice and loud. That was very nice and loud. Thank you very much. And my ears. Cat, <laughs> what is your buzzer? Uh, it's a classic. It's a classic. classic Thank you very much. Classic. I mean, she, you... hasn't, she hasn't won me anything, but I mean... Ye old faithful. Wait, didn't yeah. you win the quiz? Oh, no, no. Well, not with Pikachu, though. Oh. oh, that's true. Yeah, it was a different different sounds. And, you know, we'll see how it goes today, Pikachu, but you might be fired. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> this is the last chance saloon for Pikachu yeah, buzzer here. Okay. Okay, right. Let's start. Uh, question one. In the Street Fighter games, the characters Yun and Yang are what relation to one another? Cat? Brothers. Correct. Damn it, that was going to be my answer too. <laughs> wow. Suck it, suck it. <laughs> okay, question two. Which actor plays the character Christopher De Silva in the 2006 Silent Hill movie? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched it. Uh, really? You've saved yourself a bullet there. Yeah, I've always been tempted to and just never done it because I figured it would be shit. Do, do it anyway, just for a laugh. All right, maybe, <laughs> I'll do that. maybe I'll do that on Halloween just so I can cry okay. over not getting um, this question. Any guesses? Can you give us like a, a, a hint? Yes, his first and second name rhymed with one another. <gasps> Fuck. Cat. CNBN. Correct. <laughs> that was a complete guess. God, <laughs> Can I just quit this quiz now? <laughs> Come uh, on, Pikachu. You've got to bring it back, Miles. Come on. Oh, my okay. God. Question three. Celine Vassos is the protagonist of which 2021 video game? Oh. Miles? Eternal? Correct. Well done. Thanks. Whew. Yeah, you're right. Toby would have really loved that. That was for you, Toby. Yeah, that was for you. Question four. The following description is the Pokedex Pokedex entry for which Pokemon? Its genetic code is irregular. It may mutate if it is exposed to radiation from elemental stones. Oh, my God. Miles? Snorlax. No. (laughs) Why Snorlax? I don't know. (laughs) Is it... Oh, the elemental stones have put me off. I would originally wanted to say the unknown. Are they called the unknown? Those little black and white digit thingies. Uh, There there is a Pokemon named the unknown, but um, this is not it. Um, The answer is Eevee. Oh, that was really obvious. It was, that's why. It was really obvious. I I would never have got that. I would have put that on like another go because I was like, it can't just be Eevee. That's why, that, that's why it threw me off, because I was like, mutate? 
Why would Evie mutate? Evie's not a see, zombie. See, I, I have, I have. Tone it down, son, and now we're expecting know, my heart. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're out thinking ourselves now. Ago, I just shouted Evie at you. <laughs> yeah. Pick a, pick a, pick a, Evie. Pick a, anyway. Pick a, oh. Right, okay, question five. Which of the following is a job that Mario has never had in any of his video games? Is it brewery worker, Vietnam soldier, adult filmmaker, or boxing referee? Miles? Boxing referee. He has been a boxing referee. Ah! Cat? Brewery person. <laughs> He's been one of those two. <laughs> oh. Was it the Vietnam soldier? No, it was an adult filmmaker. <laughs> oh, I felt like that was too obvious. I, I, like yeah, I did as well. I was just that. like, nah, he probably has been. And he wants us to say that one. Oh, so, I'm, so, I'm so used to you trying to catch us out. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I've, I've toned it down. That's it. <laughs> oh you did say this. That's okay. on us. So Mario was a brewery worker and the Game & Watch. He was a Vietnam soldier in Mario's Bombs Away, which is the bleakest Mario game of all time. Yeah, it sounds it. And he was a boxing referee in Punch Out. Oh, of course he was. Sorry. Wow. Mario's uh, not done porn. How dare he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nintendo are missing a trick there. Come yeah. on. Like if Mario does that in his own time, that's you know that's that's, Mario, <laughs> yeah. that's his business. That's his side side part. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the pictures. Anyway, <laughs> question six in The Last of Us: What is the name of the comic book series that Joel collects for Ellie? Fuck! Son oh my god! god. No. Oh. oh, I can see it. Oh, Jesus! It's, got, like, it's the thingy. It's like in space. Oh my god! I actually hate you for this question. I hate you. I thank you oh. for this. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you five seconds. Uh... I'm actually so mad about this one. Okay, it was Savage Starlight. Fuck you. Oh, no. I knew it was like star or moon or space or something. I know I space, like... and I'm like, no, it's star. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, question seven. Christopher Lambert played which character in the 1994 Mortal Kombat movie? Miles? Scorpion. Incorrect. Mm. Um, am I supposed to just guess? Oh, okay, I'll go after Cat for a spiritual point. A spiritual point. Um, the only other Mortal Kombat one that I can think of is the that dude, you know, the that one, yeah. guy. Oh, the freezy <laughs> guy. <laughs> it's not going to be him, though, is it? Freezy guy. It's not him. No. Miles, have you, have you got a spiritual point? Is it Raiden? It is Raiden. Oh! Sorry, Miles. Furious. Miles. I'll put a little asterisk next to that. Oh, thank you, mate. A little ghost for a spiritual point. Yeah, I can pretend that I know questions. <laughs> okay, question eight. Martial law, Anna Williams, and Yoshimitsu are all characters from which magic game? Taken. Correct. Thank you. That was actually going to be one of my quiz questions next week. Oh, <laughs> if you would have maybe do a quiz next week, I'd have been like, right, going to get Taken involved here. Right, okay. Well done, Kat. Uh, question nine. The character Raziel appears in three Legacy of Kane games, Soul Reaver, Soul Reaver 2, and which other game? Yeah, don't know. <laughs> okay. 
Well done, Kat. You've won the quiz. You've got one more chance to win, Mal. No, I don't think you have yet. <laughs> no, no, I've only got one point. Kat's got three. Uh, Anyone got a guess? No, I don't know who Raziel is. Oh, okay. Sounds like the kid from um, Batman. But that's Raul. <laughs> Razagul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Close> <laughs> Sounds <enough>. like you're just... <laughs> no, that's not, that's not the game, no. Uh, any, and anybody guesses? No, okay. No. It was Legacy of Kane Defiance. Ah. Uh... And final question, question 10. Who voiced Laura Croft in the last three two made a video oh, game? Go on, Kat. Kat? Miller Luddington. Correct. Yay! I won the quiz for a second time. Watch out. Right. Everybody else. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out now. I'm not gonna put this as the title of the podcast. You've already won that honor. I have, I have. This this will not be this is now just, you podcast. know, now it's considered not a shock, and that's a good thing. That's I think it. I'm ready you... to take on Greg, you know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not ready. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, no one should take on Greg. No one Greg. should ever take on Greg. He's he answers a... the questions before I've written them. Yeah. So it's <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, right. Okay. Let's get on to some topics. So um, I know this is kind of old news now, but uh, there's a, an Uncharted new trailer out there, released by Sony, that shows the Uncharted movie, surprisingly. And uh, I just wanted to get three words from yourselves. It doesn't have to be a sentence. Just three words on your feelings about this trailer. Let's start with Kat. Three Fuck words. Fuck off Warburg. <laughs> Fuck off Warburg. Well, okay. <laughs> Very strong feelings there. Uh, Miles? Mediocre, but fun. Fair enough. I'm not going to give three words. I feel fucking nothing for it. <laughs> <laughs> I am devoid I of any nothing. emotion. <laughs> it has passed me by entirely. Um, really? Yeah. Pre-trailer, was it something that you were looking forward to? Oh, I was looking forward to the trailer, and then I watched it and I felt nothing. <laughs> and then you were immediately <laughs> numbed. I really don't understand Wahlberg in it. I really I don't, don't get it. I don't understand now, of all the people who are supposed to show like class and sophistication and smarts, but also badassery, they've chosen Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. I just, I, I don't see that at all. If they just said that he was playing Sam, I'd probably understood that a little bit more. I'd have been like, do you know what? Fine. <laughs> like, yeah, he can play Sam. It's like yeah. young Sully, isn't he? So it's like, Sully's a bit of a dealer, a bit of a way, a bit of a woo, but, you know. Like, Mark Warburg's just sloppy looking. You know what I mean? <laughs> he doesn't have the suave of Sully. Like, yeah, he doesn't, though. He doesn't have, like, the velvet blazer look that a young Sully would have. Velvet blazer look. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, that kind of, like, he's not going to be sipping brandy and smoking cigars when he's, you know, Sully's age, Mark Wahlberg. He's he's going to be, you know, if if, someone, if Mark Wahlberg did that, I'd laugh. But that's not going to be at all. And Sully's supposed to be somebody that, you know, people really see as as someone who has the answer. And I look at Mark Wahlberg and think, you, are, you own a burger shop in New Jersey. I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> your family called Wahlberger. Come on. <laughs> See, Wahlberg, Wahlberg was perfect in The Departed. I think that was his most perfect part. I don't think he can do any other part of any other film because he just, he just, yeah. Okay, yeah, after I'll that, take the point. Take the point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, do you know, I quite like him. I quite like him in other movies, but like not for that. He's a Ted actor. He's not an Uncharted actor. He's not Sully. He's a Ted actor. Oh my God. That's <laughs> the sickest burn of all time. <laughs> What your are you trying to say about Seth MacFarlane? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's mm. brutal. Um, 
Moving on to the next topic for today. Uh, Sir Trevor McDonald has been confirmed as the next games master. He's presumably in the place of the late great Sir Patrick Moore. He's going to be the, the newsreader and journalist will become the big face in the sky in the E4 reboot of the show. Kat, have you got any thoughts on Sir Trevor McDonald being the uh, the next games master? Um, I don't know. Uh, this This particular show was when I was very, very young. And so I only have very, very, very vague memories of it. And I tried to kind of rejig my memories by looking up and every single time there's another word for Game Master now. So every single YouTube video came up with that. I actually think he's got quite a satisfying voice to be in the sky. So I'm not, I'm not mad. <laughs> I, I, I think to myself, well, who else could they, who else could they pick? I don't know. I was I'm not kinda... mad. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, okay. Miles? Um, I don't. I don't think I ever even watched the show. What's what actually happens in the show? How does it work? I think you're a bit too young for it. Miles. What? Uh, I'm a baby. Yeah, he is a baby, mind. Okay. Well, in in Games Master, they would have a um, a challenge, so people would play games against one another, and they would be set by, um, like. To, to Patrick Moore, who's like a like face the, in the sky. It's weird. Like I don't know. Maze, but for games. Oh, okay. and, and it's basically Twitch just with, with an old man <laughs> in the sky <laughs> wow you've really sold me on it now <laughs> <laughs> they're doing like free one off episodes aren't they yeah well it's 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 really weird to, hard to describe because it was just a weird thing to exist so do they actually like play games or is it like a yeah. real life enactment of video games or yeah so they would have like um, people play video games and they'd have like so one of them was like collect be the first to collect 160 rings in Sonic the Hedgehog's Green Hill. Ah, okay, I'm with you. And they would like time them, be like, oh, one minute 32, can the next person beat them? Um, but this was all set by a very confused Sir Patrick Moore who was just like, oh. <laughs> what am I doing here? Yeah. So, can you see? <laughs> I can't believe you're too young to understand Games Master. This is sorry. Like, this is obscene. <laughs> I, I feel mean... so ancient. I'm just like crumbling to dust over here. I feel like they have to do an episode where it's like play as much of Dark Souls as you can without dying. Yes, why not? Yeah, that, that would I'd watch that. That would be a good time. But you get to win like the, the trophy, and they'll probably change the trophy now. But it used to be like a golden joystick, didn't it? It did. It did. Oh, cool! And they yeah. had they had two weird, very weird presenters who uh, Dominic Diamond. Like it was just creepy. It was like a, like a board. Like, <laughs> it was like, like very Saturday night after Robot Wars, before Crystal Maze, kind of. Crap. <laughs> you, you oh, had... man, Robot Wars was life. Yeah. Oh, what the hell? You, you can understand Robot Wars, but not Games Master. What <laughs> hey, I love Robot Wars, man. <laughs> what, that, that's like a 90s thing that doesn't exist now. Yeah, my bad. Well, actually, I think it's on Netflix now. This is the second thing that you've been too young for, Miles. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Drinking's the other one, anyway. Um... <laughs> Doing the lottery is the fourth one, anyway. So do you know who Sir Trevor McDonald is? Are you too young to understand that? Uh, I probably would know him. Um, I don't know. I don't know it by you don't know name. Him just by name. No. He is a national treasure. Leave this call right now. <laughs> what's <laughs> what is it? What's he from? What, what would I know him from? He's Channel Four what News. Know him from? Oh, okay. Hold on. Let me just. And he does all the like specials, like the Panorama specials. What's his name? Trevor McDonald. Yes. So Trevor Look McDonald's, him up yes. immediately. Thank you. Oh yeah, I know him. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, I know. Of course, that? I know him. Everyone knows him. Jesus. Do they? Because I don't know if you do. I mean, I'm not a newborn. <laughs> you 
sound like it. I wasn't yeah. born yesterday, just the day before. Anyway. <laughs> At least three days old. <laughs> so, so Trevor McDonald, could you see him being a good host for a, a games TV show? I mean, I don't see why not. <laughs> He'll enough. give it a go, I'm sure. He's got quite a nice voice, hasn't he? So very He does have a nice voice. He? He's very so. engaging. I think he could actually pull it off. I think he'll surprise us. Because yeah. if you did told me that, I'd be like, maybe he's a bit boring. He's a bit like, he's a bit serious, isn't he? But he is very serious. He's very, I mean, very serious. So I hope that he does, you know, maybe that's what they're going for. This kind of serious voice in the sky, which is like a little bit kind of like tongue in cheek of how silly the show is. Might be <laughs> very serious gaming competition. Yeah. Um, I feel like they should get like one of the Spanish like football commentators to do it because they go absolutely berserk at anything. And I feel like that's very suited. <laughs> go, 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 go. Goal! <laughs> what do you think about it, Sean? What's your thoughts? Um, it, it pains me, I'll be honest. Really? Who would you, who would you? Want? I don't, I don't want this to exist. Okay, I was going to say, it just sounds a bit odd. You're just like, you're... Like, I, I, I wasn't on board with the fact that they were beating it in the first place. Then they got a presenter that apparently is a bit of an idiot. And now they, like, I served tea to Sir Trevor McDonald at the Alton Towers Hotel when I was working there as a waiter. And he was such a dignified man. Really? <laughs> he took that tea like an absolute champ. Now, yeah. now I just cannot see him, him sitting there going, did they get a chicken dinner this round? Or... <laughs> Here's the play of the game. I just can't see Sir Trevor McDonald. I feel it, it hurts my brain. I, it, it does hurt my brain to see it, but then I think, will he surprise us, or is it on purpose that they're doing it? Oh, yeah, and I mean, Sir yeah. Patrick Moore was like, uh, he's an astrologer. He probably never even yeah. seen a computer game until he went on Games Master. You know, it, 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 the whole thing of him just being reading a script and looking genuinely confused about everything that was going on was, was part <laughs> of the charm. I think that's probably why they've done it then, is that because he's so far removed probably from games that it's just going to probably have the same element without bringing Patrick Moore back from the dead. <laughs> I mean, never know. He might be really invested in the Fortnite lore. <laughs> <laughs> Total pop champs, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to see it through. Like, um, if it's three episodes, uh, okay, I'm just going to... like grin and bear teeth. Just suffer it, yeah. It's, it, it feels to me like it's like 10 years too late. If that makes any sense, like yeah, I could see this before Twitch blew up, before like you could yeah. actually have your own streaming services, where there are people doing very entertaining stuff every day, like as a day job. Yeah, there's like this is going to do something that they can't. So we'll see. We'll see. Moving on, Splinter Cell is returning, and I I am talking to two people who have absolutely no interest in Splinter Cell. One is uh, probably too young to remember them. I fucking love Splinter Cell, yeah, thank you very much. I've played all of them! <laughs> too young. Age ratings and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I, mean, I didn't play them on release. I had to go back and play them when I was older. Of course you did. Oh my god. <laughs> Naturally. Okay. Uh, reports service this past week that Ubisoft had indeed greenlit a new Splinter Cell game. This comes as some playtesters from a player session leading into E3 confirmed that they have played some of the Prince of Persia's Sands of Time remake, as well as a tutorial section of a game that wasn't explicitly listed as Splinter Cell, but had many of its hallmarks. This demo apparently combined Splinter Cell action with elements of the Hitman reboot trilogy of games. This has been confirmed by VGC and Jeff Grubb, and it falls in line with something that I've been told too. But shush, shush, shush. Firstly, how are we feeling about Split Cell coming back? Kat, I know you have like a, a 
very distanced past with, yes. with the song. Yes, from the Xbox. Really, 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 really long time ago. All I remember about Splinter Cell was that I went into a building. I could wear some goggles and not wear some goggles. I took someone's kind of office card and I had to hide in the shadows of a hallway and wait for somebody to walk past before I could kill them. And so I... <laughs> That was the very first level wanted. Oh, probably was. It probably fucking was. Who knows? Um, I can definitely see a remake. There's a place for a remake because it's very similar to Hitman, first and foremost. So there's definitely a place for it that people are saying that it needs to have a completely new formula, blah, blah, blah. Maybe it does. I don't know. I'm not well up enough to know about that. I can definitely see how it's going to take a lot of stuff from Hitman. So maybe like the clothes changing thing or picking up weapons that are just you know around the environment i think if they picked up that kind of side that might add a lot to the game but then people might criticize it then for being too similar to hitman um yeah i mean if it looks good and you know i don't like third or first person shooters very much apart from obviously my beloved Lara Croft. uh but um if it looked good and it doesn't look scary i'd give it a pop again i haven't played it since i was so young um, but I have played Hitman, and I did enjoy Hitman, sort of. So we'll see. But I don't know too much about this. But um, I, if they were going to take anything from Hitman, I think those are the things that they would take, just because they're both very stealthy games. Yes. Just, that, that was my next question. What do you think they should take from Assassin's Creed? Oh, Spike okay. From, yeah, from so Hitman? I think they should take the outfit swapping thing, because I love that. I love that bit of Hitman. And I think the, the fact that you can just kind of pick up anything to kill anyone with... <laughs> I think it's pretty cool too. It's so like screwdrivers or glasses or bottles or whatever it might be. I think okay. that's probably what they'll do. Okay, Miles, same questions to you. Um, are you happy? Now, I, I genuinely didn't know you had a history with Splinter Cell. I thought I you might have been too young. No, um, I fucking love Splinter Cell. <laughs> good, man, good man. Um, how, how are you feeling about it, it potentially being back? I mean, I don't want to get my hopes up because I've been wanting Splinter Cell to come back for years now since Blacklist. And it's kind of like been rumored and hinted and Ubisoft have like dropped him in very sparingly to other titles or franchises, which has really pissed me off. <laughs> um, so I feel like I'm still a little bit skeptical because I know when they talked about bringing the franchise back a few years ago, uh, the head of uh, Ubisoft kind of said that they can't just redo the same formula again, which is kind of what, fans of the series want is that they don't want it to be like other ubisoft titles they want it to be like it was before yeah which meant very linear levels very clear objectives and it meant that it was very well designed and structured setups for stealth and stealth only you know you could get into combat but you would quite quickly get your ass handed to you on a plate if you went rogue and that's what i loved about the originals is that it forced me when i was younger it kind of forced me to learn that you can't just run into a room and shoot everything and just walk out (laughs) yeah yeah. Um, and it taught me that you don't need to take out everybody either and so there's loads of gadgets involved different weaponry and it was all about being crafty and creative and having very condensed levels with multiple ways of getting through it using whatever you had available um so the idea of that if it comes back and they actually keep it to the formula that worked for it originally then i would very much be looking forward to it when they talk about it taking elements from hitman what worries me is they talk about the more open-ended kind of massive levels i suppose where you know the hitman levels now are very different to old hitmans which were more linear and more focused um and then much more kind of sprawling things where you can do like you know 20 different ways of eliminating one person i don't think that would necessarily not work for splinter cell because obviously the idea of that 
when you were playing Sam Fisher was that you had loads of options, you had loads of ways to to get to the end of the level, but it was much more condensed and much more focused. Um, and my worry is that they're going to broaden that scope out to make it more accessible and more appealing, and they're not going to focus on making it a stealth focused experience like it used to be, um, or they're going to incorporate elements of it which doesn't quite mesh with how it would work previously um because i guess blacklist and conviction they went more action orientated they tried to go a bit bigger a bit more actiony and people weren't really down for it because it kind of turned into any other tom clancy game it wasn't really spent to sell anymore yeah. and as much as i enjoyed blacklist i came out of it and i was like that's not the same game anymore it's fine it's fun but it's not it's not spent to sell and so yeah i just I hope if they are bringing it back, they're going to do it where it is stealth focused, where it is difficult and it's not going to become this easy, accessible shooter with, with stealth, you know, tacked on kind of thing. I want it to be a really focused experience. But yeah, I, a part of me is really excited, but I've been burned way too many times on things that I really want to come back and then end up shit. <laughs> so um, yeah. I think a remake of the original wouldn't mind if they're remaking it again because it'll be sticking to the formula. And I think if they updated it properly, it would feel like a new game. Um, but equally, if they are going to bring it back properly, they also need to get Michael Ironside back in because whoever took over for Blacklist wasn't nearly as good. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I'm kind of mixed. I'm, I'm really excited tentatively, but uh, I just don't know what Ubisoft are going to do with it. And if they Ubify it and make it an open world and do all of the usual things that they do with their titles at the moment. I don't think I'm going to enjoy it. So I'm going to hold out and wait to see what this game looks out, looks like before I really decide on it, I think. Yeah. And that, that was my thought too. I don't think, I don't think we're going to get a, a Splinter Cell in the same vein of as, as every other Splinter Cell game that's ever come before. We've had this conversation before, I think like a couple of months ago when I said, Ubisoft are probably paralyzed by the fact that they don't know what a Splinter Cell game is anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they have it, they have a stealth game, which people some people were like adored the fact that you know you, you one guard in a corridor could kill you if you didn't like you know split leg like parallel yourself above them and then drop onto them. It would be just like game over. And yeah. then a couple of games later, it was like, let's bust out of this jail by blowing up doors. Yeah. And it's like you know, Splinter Cell's been different things along the way. And I didn't see how how Ubisoft could, or or the current Ubisoft would bring that back because that isn't the kind of stuff that Ubisoft do anymore. You know, they they build huge open worlds and they fill it full of quest markers. But then when when I heard that they were doing like this this Hitman like so, I don't know what elements of of Hitman are being incorporated, and that's kind of the mystery. Mm. But if if it is for me that they have like a miniature open worlds like the you know the hit, the original Hitman levels where you could you could fuck this up like if you got into combat you were dead because you had no weapons you had to stealth it around and you had to plan out your missions how you who you needed to do them yourself I could get on board with that and mm. I could get on board with the fact that if they wanted to do a Ubisoft thing where it was like okay. Your target is to get this piece of data, but also you've got five other objectives that, like, because one of the great things about Hitman is replaying the level to try and get like the as best score as you can. You know, it's okay just walking and shooting the guy in the head and walking out again if you can do that. Uh, but like doing it creatively, doing it like stealthily and and slickly, that's the real challenge. And if they if they do that. If they put that additional challenge in, I'd be all up for that. 
Mm. You know, give me a game that I can I can run through in like four or five hours, and then let me just go go nuts on the rest of it in my own time. Tell us a good story first in four hours. There's just one objective per level, and then then give us everything else of these big these these miniature open worlds. I'd be up for that. Yeah, I could see that kind of thing working. I think that's one they were. I think when they were doing conviction, it's kind of what they wanted to do, wasn't it? Where you'd have this big kind of open space and, you know, the entire environment could be used in different ways and multiple avenues of killing people and that kind of thing. And I think on paper, that sounds like a really good fit for it because you think, you know, you've got a target, you're this third echelon spy, you can go in and use all these different gadgets and tools and weapons. And, you know, the idea is to get as clean a kill and get out kind of thing. I think in theory that works. My, My only worry is that they'll make it too action orientated or, it'll affect like Spinder Cell was always quite grounded, quite gritty in terms of it's like storytelling and feel. And I just feel it's going to, it could end up going kind of like blacklist where it just feels a bit too action movie-ish and a bit too kind of shallow. And I think that's my only concern is I think Ubisoft might make it far removed from what makes the series itself. I think, like you said, they don't really know how to make those games anymore. So I guess my concern is that it's not going to be the game I want. It's going to be a game that Ubisoft know how to make now. Yeah. Um, but I think there's still something in that. It's not necessarily going to be a bad game just because of that. I just, yeah, it's tempering expectations, I think, isn't it? Yeah. I, I also do want Cat's dream to come true of, of like clothes swapping, but also keeping the night vision. Yeah. Like a milkman with the night vision goggles on. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> just walking around with the goggles like as yeah. a donut deliverer. Like, yeah. hello, please let nothing me in your to house. see here, just delivering milk. Yeah, like <laughs> like Agent 47's barcode wasn't a giveaway. Just like the, the big goggles on the on the top of the head. Just like, hello, I'm a fashion model here to walk down the catwalk. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind these. <laughs> that would that would be my game of the year. Done. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited about this, So I'm I hope it comes back and it's good. Nice. Uh, next topic is Halo Infinite. It, there has been a today. If you're listening to this on the pod, they, the podcast goes up. It was yesterday. There has been a a story primer trailer, six minutes of story to do with Halo, and unfortunately, our commander in chief Roscoe, who is the biggest Halo lover, isn't here today. But he did send me some some thoughts on it, some some extensive thoughts. So I'm going to read it like Master Chief, okay? Feels like it's been... No, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> feels like it's been a long time since I've... No, sorry, Ross. <laughs> it feels like it's been a long time since I've been super excited for a Halo campaign. Today's over- overview of Infinite Story has pulled me from a, a skeptic to a believer. This is open world on a brand new Halo, looking visually stunning with a new companion to right the wrongs of Cortana's actions in Halo 5. It's been a long wait to have a good look at Chief's new enemy, the Banished. And whilst they appear and sound as generic as you would expect a Halo antagonist to appear and sound, it certainly looks like they've been putting up a fight, far more than the Prometheans did ever did. The overview had a decent look at new mechanics and weapons, namely the catch-a-ride airdrop where you can select from land and air vehicles some gaudy rocket blower-uppers and the new grappling hook. In addition, I had a whole lot of fun with in the multiplayer fights and appears to be super helpful in a pinch in the campaign. By the end, I had goosebumps. After Halo 4 and 5 had slightly floundered the Halo experience, 343 looked at Luke to have finally nailed on what they want to take. Oh my God, the sentence. 
343 look to have finally nailed on what they want their take on the series to be. And the story looks to be building towards a greater threat that many be, may be expanded upon over the next few years. I'm all the way in, bring on December 8th. So it certainly appears that Ross is super excited about Halo. And he should be. He's a big Halo fan. He likes his Halo. And this story trailer, personally, I took some things from it. Kat, have you managed to um, have a look at the Halo 5 story primer trailer thing of a jiggy? I did. I did. I did. I've never played Halo in my life, but, you know, I think it's really exciting when stuff like this drops, you know, six, seven minutes you know, plays of campaigns just to kind of tease you into and I can imagine that, you know, for anyone who is a really big Halo fan, that that shit's so exciting. Like just to see what's gonna happen between, you know, between the game that you're about to play that's gonna be released in a couple of months time or you know two months time. It looks cool. It, it does look cool. I, I kind of feel like I've missed a trick here. Um I, I vaguely know the story like like Ross was saying I vaguely when he was kind of explaining that you know it's about fixing what was what was done by what's effect you know I vaguely know about that but I think that's just because of this pod um <laughs> I, <laughs> because it's such a shame that Ross isn't here to you know squee over it and I know that you know inside he was probably squeeing all day today um and that's really lovely I love when games do that to people it, it's really it, it's really great to watch so uh, even though I, I've not played it and I, I don't know much about Halo it was nice to watch and you know I, it's great for people that are really excited about the franchise and are really excited about the release. Um, I know Ross absolutely loves it. It looks cool, yeah. I mean, it isn't just, I mean, I was, I guess, naively thinking it was just a shooter and there seems to be a lot more to it than just that. So I snapped my wrist and uh, <laughs> hope everyone enjoys hey, it. Don't, don't punish yourself over Halo. Like, come on. <laughs> just Halo. Sorry, Ross. Um, I know, that's what I thought. I just thought it was kind of sweaty 14-year-olds when I remember that's Fortnite. Oh, I remember that's Ross plays that too. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, bud. I love you. <laughs> Miles, did you did you manage to catch the uh, trailer today? Yeah, I watched it. I um thoughts? I, pl- uh, I played Halo 1 and 3 all the way through um and quite enjoyed them back in the day. Um obviously I haven't played four and five, so I don't really know where the story's at at the moment, but I think from what I've seen of the trailer, as someone who's been kind of out of the Halo ecosystem for a while, it looks good. Um, I think the extra year they've taken, you can clearly see the scope of the game. And that I think taking that delay was a very good move from them after all the flack that they took. I think it would have been very easy for them to just release the game and take all the criticism and the flack and not bother to, you know, do it proper. And I think actually they've done the right thing by taking on all of that criticism. So fair play to them for that. I think from the trailer, I'm kind of getting the vibe that they're trying to make the the single player campaign as much bombastic and spectacle fun as the multiplayer is. So like the introduction of the grappling hook and some of the moves they made, they kind of recreated that like battlefield uh, moment, didn't they? Where he kind of like hops out of an aircraft, fires a rocket into another one and then hops into a new one all in midair. And I was like, oh, that's pretty damn cool if you can pull that off in an actual level. and it just looks very kind of fluid and organic and it's more open worldy this time. So obviously you're going to have more objectives and things to do and it's going to be, you know, a real time sink. And I think the campaign of it does actually look very, very enticing. Um, yeah, it kind of feels like they've followed a few trends, but they're kind of doing it in their own way and putting a halo spin on what's become the norm for shooters now. And I don't, yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing. As long as they do it justice and they do it well, I think taking the delay is going to really help them polish it up and make it content rich. And 
I think they're just making all the right moves with it. And the multiplayer is going free to play and the single player looks to be shaping up quite good. The story looks like it's going to continue on and be interesting. So yeah, I think there's a lot here to get excited about. I don't, it didn't blow me away. I wasn't sat there thinking, Jesus, you know, I need to play this right now. But it had me, you know, thinking positively about it. And I think that's where they wanted to be. So I think credit to, uh, is it 343, isn't it? 343, yeah. Yeah. So credit to them for managing to get it to this place, considering where it was only a year ago. They've done a super job with it, I think. Yeah. That's, it's one of those things that, like, I, I'm not entirely excited to play. Um, purely because I don't like my history with this with the series is I started every single one of them and bailed before the end. Oh no. And I think the only one I actually finished was two. And it's it's like I'm I, I'm not the biggest fan of Halo. I've I've always found that this series takes itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. But what I like about this trailer was that it showed that this looks like it wants to have some fun. You yeah. know, like the the zip lining to the the plane thing and then taking over and flying it away. That looked like something I want to do. And you know, zip lining to that brute that was running at you and then just like slamming him in the face. Yes, that's what I want to do. This is basically Borderlands and Just Cause with a Master Chief skin, and I am okay with this. And I know that people aren't going to like that. You know, it's going to be divisive. It's going to be you know, old Halo fans are going to be like, "Girl, it's not very good." Actually, no, they might not because I mean, and it's been a long time since Halo was good. So maybe they'll just jeeves up and say it's the best game ever. But one of the things that I, I took away from this trailer is the fact that um, this is going to be a service game. This is going to be a game that that's you know it expands over years. This is the start platform for what they hope to be you know a decade's worth of content. And for the first time, I've seen a trailer for what I would describe as a service game. And I'm interested in the story. Like, you know, they've started de- describing enemies and things, but, you know, it just, I, whatever. You know, they, they, they are brutal enemies, blah, blah, blah. I want to know what's going on with the weapon, AI. I want to know what's going on with this place. I, I, I'm intrigued with what's going on. And I know they have to put their action in the trailers, but the locations look good, and I'm intrigued by the story, which is something that's really hard for a service game to do. You know, Destiny tried, you know, before the end of that game story, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then Destiny 2 happened, and now I have no idea how to catch up. You know, MMOs usually have a good story, but they are difficult to keep up with too because, you know, they move so quickly, and you have to dedicate so much time to them. So I'm just hoping that this game has a decent story. And that trailer felt like it was showing something of a decent story. And I'll be okay with it. This might be the first Halo since Halo 2 that I finish, which would be great. Yay, go Halo. Unless it's 60 hours long. <laughs> they said, like, the biggest Halo campaign of all time. I'm like, please shrink it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, condense it, please. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, you know, so long as it, it, what it what's there is is like side activity and fun, like where where the he's looking at that like you know the fuel station or whatever it is, and he's like, let's blow it up. And I'm like, yeah, that's 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 just cause. Yeah, it I've really done has this that vibe. a billion times in just cause. You have giant red fuel containers that I need to blow up. You know, put this in Central America. I'm playing just cause. It's, <laughs> it's, it's fine. Just just let me play that game. That's fine. And, you know, just cause with a halo skin. Is fine. Um, so yeah, I'm 
positively happy that this is going to go to Game Pass. Cass, you you are the only person on this podcast who doesn't have an Xbox. Am I correct in this? Yes. Did this trailer make you want to buy an Xbox? No. <laughs> that's fair enough. And there you have it. There you have it. Um, yeah, no, the only thing that's really made me want to buy an Xbox is 12 minutes. Really? Yeah. But you can get that on PC. Don't have a PC either. Well, we're going to get you a PC. Ah, yeah, you've won a PC and you've won a PC. I was going to say, just turned into Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a PS5, you've got a PC, you've got an Xbox. And I'm just going to jump on the sofa and be like, I'm in love with Microsoft. Like, yeah. Nice. Okay, let's move on to the next story. So this is something that I've wanted to talk about for a couple of weeks now. And because the lunatics have taken over the asylum, I'm going to talk about it. It's all about Sony making new uh, acquisitions and studios. So Sony have been rapidly growing their portfolio of studios over the past few years. They bought Insomniac, Bluepoint, Housemark, Nixies, and Fabric Games now. And they've all been added to the publisher's slate since 2019. Some reports have suggested that they're not stopping there either. Recent PlayStation Studio gaffer Hellman Hurst told IGN, we are always looking to build new relationships or bringing people in-house, but only if we adhere to the quality first-party mentality and the right kind of innovation content, new experiences, diverse experiences, because all of these teams, they share a lot, but they're also very different from one another. And that's what I really like. And I think that's what the PlayStation audience and the PlayStation fans deserve. It's that diverse slate of games coming out of PlayStation Studios. So, you know, the, play, the PlayStation Studios gaffer is, is saying that, you know, it also wants to make investments to bring in studios. This last, this last, last week or so, uh, an investor in, in Sony has been speaking to a couple of outlets. Now, a bit of a dodgy thing this is, because I don't think this is allowed, because I think this, like, classifies as some kind of insider trading but this guy has been talking Game to the media <laughs> he's, he's, he's basically been talking to media and saying oh i think this is what's going to happen i think he's going to try try and drive up his shares or whatever but this investor has been speaking speaking to an outlet i'm not going to let them know because they're, they're dodgy but um he has said that playstation is in growth mode and that the company has still has 13 to 18 billion dollars in the bank for acquisitions he also said, I'm expecting some kind of an acquisition in countries or areas in which Sony is lacking. I believe that there could be multiple companies of interest in the East, mainly Japan and China, but also in parts of Europe as, as like Poland or maybe even Canada, one of the biggest development scenes in which Sony is currently lacking in. We also cannot forget that teams that could help out, in, out with their support, as well as mobile, which will get a push from Sony going forward. There's also the matter of Sony co-owning Evo and potentially wanting to lock down a fighting game development going forward. So firstly, it looks like Sony are going to buy new studios. And I wanted to get, so blue sky thinking, there's no restrictions on what they can buy. What would you buy? Miles, you're Sony, Uh, you have a blank checkbook, go. uh, Well, my dream would be from soft because I want more bloodborne. Um, and I think it's quite given that they've worked with them already on Bloodborne. I would love for them to grab from Soft. Um, and I don't think that's completely out of the realms of possibility. And I'd love to see what they would do with a huge budget that Sony would allocate them. And I think they make some of the best RPGs in the business right now. So, in terms of a counter to Bethesda's RPGs, I think it would be a very good studio to have under your wing. Um, 
Uh, kind of a bigger one, I guess, one which has had a bit of history would be Capcom, um, who are obviously quite massive, especially in the markets you mentioned before. Um, I think with uh, Resident Evil and Devil May Cry, back in the day, they were PlayStation exclusives. And I think, you know, rekindling some of those franchises or even just continuing them on with the IP that they have would be a massive boost to them. Yeah, I'm not, it's kind of a difficult one because there are lots of little studios who will make good games. Like one that I'd love to see them get would be Jaeger to actually help them. They're based in Germany. They made Spec Ops The Line. And I'd love to see them have a proper development budget to make the kind of story-driven games that Sony love. Um, because obviously with Spec Ops The Line, it's one of the best stories in a video game I've ever played. And I think if they were given the budget of like a God of War or The Last of Us, then the possibility there is kind of endless, really. Um but I wasn't really too sure who else they could really go out and grab who would really blow me away that would be within their kind of their limit. But, you know, I think I mentioned it to Kat before the pod, just, you know, we were talking about Square Enix and I was saying, you know, it's just far too much for them to be able to do. But if they could, you know, they've worked with Square Enix on a few exclusives before and Final Fantasy VII Remake and all that kind of thing. And I just, yeah, I think if they were really going to go all out and they were going to go for a big hitter, I think Square Enix would be a massive one with all the IP they have under them and the work that they've done with them before. But yeah, I think realistically speaking, if they got from Soft, I'd be well on board. And yeah, I think a more realistic target might be Capcom instead. But uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. But it's interesting that they're still going out for more because they've already acquired a couple more recently. So they're obviously going on quite a spree at the moment. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, there's there's potential plans for whatever version of Sony's Game Pass. You know, this has been brought up a couple of times by people saying that Sony are going to be developing some kind of pass with their own games and that they need studios in order to do so. Mm. So maybe this is them doing that. Um, Kat, have you got any thoughts on who Sony should? Who who um, would you like to see them buy first? Blank Chuck, Blue Sky, Sega. That is a good call. <laughs> Yeah, blank check. Just like if they dropped a release, that would—that's the kind of news article that would make me go, "Holy shit!" Like that—that that would be that reaction. So blank check, blue sky, Sega. I don't think they would ever do it. Um, it would be great if they could, but that's the dream. <sighs> Again, like Miles was saying, we've already kind of ruled in and out Square Enix. They've—they've got, they've got too much going on. I think they're too. They're too independent, they're too big for themselves to be owned by Sony, I think. I think they like the fact that they kind of call the shots a little bit in their own in their own way. Uh, maybe enough oh. money. <laughs> You're out there, cat. You're falling Sorry. down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Did I go away there? Sorry, I was just... No, you were like... It's like you've been attacked by deers. Oh my God, how is? Maybe Sega are like hacking in and being like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Stop that now. Yeah, so yes, just to repeat myself, we were just talking about Square Enix. I think they like doing their own thing. I like the fact, I think they like the fact they're as big as they are independent, not independently, but do you know what I mean? Like, I think they like where they are. If we're talking realistic, I think that they might go for potentially Quantic Dream because they had a massive partnership with them uh, for so long all of their free massive releases have been uh, PlayStation exclusives and then uh, obviously Quantic Dream said last year or the year before you know we're gonna step away from that we're gonna branch out but actually you know with a blank check or with a check you know maybe Quantic Dream would reconsider and say well actually we've been doing it for x amount of games for x amount of years yeah sure own us but with the right money um 
think they probably maybe are gone. You're going to say something. I had you. I, I was just. I, do, do you do you like the games of Quant- Quantic Dream? I do. I'm sorry. Okay. I know you. No, don't. no, 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 no. <laughs> that, that, that's not like I. I really loved Heavy Rain, and I. It was like half of um, Detroit mm-hmm. become human before I just got there. Oh my God, no. You can't go as as ham fisted as they did with the the whole you know I, I I couldn't take a robot saying Martin Luther King things I've just it, it <laughs> literally like terrorist on the on the tower yeah it just completely fucked me up it's just like <laughs> Jesus Christ no um so I I get what you're saying right do yeah. you, do you not think that they're like a bit of a poison chalice these days potentially I think that there are a very polarized views but they're bringing out the Star Wars game. That new Star Wars could be a, a money maker, but then again, like you said, because it's Quantic Dream, we all had that debate about Quantic Dream making Star Wars games, however it's gonna stir the pot or you know, yeah, lovely cake. Um, <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if Sony just said, "Well, you've been doing it for us." You know, it's kind of like one of those easy wins. Like maybe, like maybe they'll turn them around, or maybe they'll be able to change people's minds. Or, um, yeah. but it, it kind of, I guess, because they're French, aren't they? So it kind of aids to that thing where they want to you know make more partnerships in europe another one that i thought of as well which i don't really i guess because i don't have one but i never really i see it advertised really anywhere but playstation which is um the super massive games the yeah. ones who do like the dark and the dark pictures anthology and and all that jazz and i wondered are sony going to go for them next because they've just released newest one they've just released house of ashes i think the next one they've got is called little devil inside until dawn is a massive game and until dawn is on the um if you get the playstation 5 kind of playstation collection thing yeah so yeah so that's that's kind of what i'm thinking obviously would love them to get scoring it's capcom as well yeah bandai namco cool but if if i woke up tomorrow and said you know sony have bought sega i'd be like yeah that's cool (laughs) <laughs> yeah that sega were on my blue sky thinking i really i really yeah Snap. i just it, it was just one of those things i'm thinking well the yakuza games have always been massive in japan and historically they've always been playstation exclusive up until this last year or so when they've all been now imported to the xbox and they yeah. used to, they used to sell ps3s and ps4s on their own yeah those games did and i think you know sonic just definitely deserves well, I can't deserve so much more, doesn't it? Sonic it... is like <laughs> getting punched in the face at the moment. <laughs> what is going on? Oh and my it, god! I, I just, I just imagine what would happen. So, like, if, if if Sony bought like Sega, they, I just cannot see them treating the the back catalogue of games as nonchalantly as. That's what I think. I really Sega think they have. put some love into it because they can put the love into it, and then they can market that really, really well. Yeah. I think that it would be a good shout. That's what I kind of think about Quantic Dream as well, is that Heavy Rain is essentially a huge, was a huge early PlayStation seller. Yeah. You know, people were like, what is this new type of game where you can, you know, your choices matter, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And it was huge. It was it's such a classic. Um, so maybe people would change their minds about Quantic Dream if Sony were running the reins. Yeah, maybe. But maybe, maybe. So- any other, any other shouts for you, Sean? Oh, I've got so many. Um, <laughs> the the Blue Sky ones. So I'd put Square Enix um, because I I tried to do some maths and I tried to some maths. Yeah, maths. And I 
So Microsoft paid $7.5 billion for Bethesda. And I think Square are probably on the same size as Bethesda in terms of IP and the worth. Mm. And I Square think... Enix lost a lot of money last year, didn't they? They did. They and lost I... 36 million last I, year. I, I genuinely think that, that seven around 7 billion would be what it would take to buy Square Enix. And I think to myself, if you could buy Square Enix and you could give the legacy of Kane, and I, now I know we've had a quiz question and both of you completely fucked this up, but legacy of Kane Soul <laughs> Reaver is one of the best games of the PS2 era. And that is a franchise that so many people have been begging to come back. And it's got such a rich tapestry and lore that like, if you give it to a good developer that will sell tens of millions because it's one of those games that kind of everyone who had a PS2 and, and played those games religiously will just absolutely buy day, day one. That would sell PlayStations on its own. Um, I just think Square have got so many dormant IPs that they, you know, Tomb Raider right now is doing nothing. I don't make, don't, don't. <laughs> it's her 25th anniversary today. I know. And I would, you know what? I would have just liked, hi guys, guess what? It's not the end. I'd like that today. That would have been really fucking rad. But no. anything, anything, Any, other anything, than... anything other than happy anniversary, happy birthday, Tomb Raider would have been lovely. But yeah, I think they should. I think Sony would boss it. Yeah. Imagine the first party day of sex. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would take that. Do you know, I think as a, a, a studio, as like a, a publisher, I think Sony could probably do Deus Ex a world of good. Oh my god, I can't even imagine like a Deus Ex with like the budget of a God of War. Jesus Christ. And the thing is as well, without without any of the extra bullshit, without yeah. any of the DLC tie-in shit that's like, well, you've got to buy this version to get the DLCs for, for all this to make <laughs> yeah. sense. Because it's just a Sony game and they're just like, whatever. Um, God, that'd be good. Um, I also put Capcom, um, because I think Capcom are probably within in a range for Sony to buy. And I think with them like basically owning the Evo tournament, I think them having Street Fighter and having Monster Hunter, I think that those would be very valuable franchises to have moving forward, especially Monster Hunter because Jesus Christ, that thing is selling like hotcakes. And if you if you make that thing exclusive, you're going to sell a lot in Japan, where the, you know PlayStation is currently easing off a little bit. My last Blue Sky one was Oddworld. You know, the uh, Oddworld Creations, the uh, the studio, which is basically lawn lining in a couple of other studios. Because I love the Oddworld games, and I just don't I feel like... I, bang in. I, I haven't played the anymore. new one either. Is it good? It's so good. I missed I missed out on... Because it was on PS Plus, and I literally had... Because it was a PS5 one. I didn't know at the time that even if you download it, added them to your library, when you get a PS5... This yeah. is a trick for anybody. If you don't have a PS5 yet and you like the look of the PS Plus game, that's the PS5 one, add it to your library because once you get PS5, you can still play it. And nobody told me that at the time. So I thought, well, I'm not going to ever be able to play it. I've just missed out on that. That's really cool. Like, that's really sad. I have um, it on Minecraft if you want to play it. Because I hate those games. Sweet. I absolutely fucking hate them. Oh. <laughs> is that because you're too young? No, I just, I've tried like three of them and I hate it. I've, every time I've tried oh, to play it, I've, I just hate classic. it. Maybe it's a nostalgia thing. Maybe. Maybe. It's... I think it probably is because it makes like, They just play noises. like shit. Like, it's honestly. No, fuck off. Play like shit. It's cute. Get out. 
The new one plays much better than the old ones. I mean, it looked pretty much the same as the old ones. So oh my god! Oh. Okay, let's let's. End that. <laughs> anyway, I would like a Sony bought old old world inhabitants. Right, realistic. Can I throw out one more? Yeah, of course you can. Go, go, go. Can I say Super Giant Games, the developers of Hades? You can, but I, I like. But will they ever sell? I mean, I wish they would because oh, again, budget, the size of the game they could make, how good they are as a studio, that'd be wondrous. I, I I worry that they would like bloat out and not be able to make the same like indie spark that they yeah. have done. Like I would love if they could just bang out a transistor every couple of months or, or a Hades, but also like <laughs> would they ever be able to get that spark if they were like owned up by a big conglomerate? Yeah, as that saying, isn't it, of like restriction breeds creativity. And I think that's what they work with so effectively. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see them get a big budget and see what they could do with it. But again, I just worry. <laughs> yeah, fair point, fair point. <laughs> Please don't fuck them up. <laughs> um, so realistically, a couple of studios that I thought that um, Sony will actually buy. So the first is Iron Galaxy. Uh, so they are currently working on the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection. And it, the current CEO is Adam Boyce, who used to work at Sony. Um, I think they are probably a hot prospect to get bought up. Their last game on their own, which was called Extinction, uh, did not do very well and was not received very well critically. But, I mean, they're doing the Uncharted collection, so I think they probably got, you know, some ties to Sony now. Um, Level 5, I think as an RPG maker, I think Sony really need some JRPGs in their library as exclusives that they really want to rekindle the market in Japan. And um, I think Level 5 are probably that studio. We deserve another Dark Cloud. And uh, probably... Miles is probably way too young to understand Dark Cloud. Have you heard of Dark Cloud? No. (laughs) Anyway. um, Another studio I think that would be great would be People Can Fly. So they're the guys that made Outriders and Bullets... They did Bulletstorm, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. What now, a game. As as developers, I think they what they made with Outriders was good, but I think if they had some better direction um, than what Square gave them, then I think that that might be an absolute banger. Um, it just needed a bit of a nudge, I think. And um, yeah, I think they could be really, truly something. They've got quite a few studios under their belt as well now. Um, so they might not be cheap, but I do think as a, as a as a company, they are capable of producing really good games. Um, another one is Q Games. So they make the um, Pixel Junk games, They're Pixel Junk Racer, Pixel Junk Shooter, Pixel Junk Monsters. They they make a lot of games very quickly, and ninety percent of them are very high quality. And I feel like they they've worked with Sony so much in the past. And if Sony are thinking about doing their own kind of games pass, these would be ideal because they make games that are so addictive that you're like, you know, you might not um, you might not buy a PlayStation to play these games, but if you were to give them in a, in a, like a games pass, you probably would resubmit, like re re um, subscribe for their games because they're just so Moorish. Uh, Supermassive Games, I think I keep you know, Kat said that one. They've worked with them in the past with uh, Until Dawn. And, and t- once this um, deal with Bandai Namco is up and they've delivered The Devil and Me, 
I I wonder if if that's it, and they might come on board with Sony and make you know Until Dawn style games with that style of budget. Um, that game company. So obviously they worked with Sony on Flow and Flower and Journey. I love them. That's a shout. That's a really good shout. <laughs> and, then, and then the latest game uh, was just like Sky, the whatever it is, the Children of Light or whatever it is. Um, it's good, but it's not as good as it, what what, it, what they were like under Sony's tutelage with with the, their deals. Then, so I just think that would be a really great partnership to just do. You know, give them give them a, a studio to work in, pay their wages, just let them create whatever they want to create. Because you know, Journey sold consoles on its own. Flower, Jesus, Flower was one of my like the first PS3 game that I downloaded because it was so fucking good. Um, and the last one I think that they are probably going to buy is Ilphonic. So they made the Predator Hunting Ground game, and they are supposedly working on a Ghostbusters game with Sony as an exclusive. So I just think that makes sense to buy them because if they're going to have like a multiplayer focus going forward, and and they've got like deals with Haven Studio to make a multiplayer game. I just think that if, if Sony are going to like put a bit of a focus on multiplayer, it makes sense to have like a studio that can do these mo- these movie tie-ins because Sony have quite a lot of movie franchises that could make really good video game multiplayer experiences. So, yeah, I think that's a good shout. And that was my homework. <laughs> well played, sir. Yeah, well, well played. played sure. Good names in there. Yeah, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Right, uh, last topic of the day. Well, we're going on so well. We're doing so well, guys. We're not fucking this up. Um, there might be a new Wu-Tang game coming. <laughs> um, so this comes from Widow Central's Jez Corden and Game Beats Jeff Grubb, who have reported on a Wu-Tang game's existence. Apparently the game is called Shaolin, and it'll be a third-person melee-focused role-playing game that can be played in co-op with up to four players. Apparently, the Wu-Tang Clan will provide the game's soundtrack, although it's currently unclear if their involvement goes anywhere beyond that, such as characters in the game itself. Corden has heard that if this if that this is a relatively new studio called Brass Lion Entertainment, and the studio's website does state that they are working on an unannounced action role-playing game. So, have you either of you guys got any relation to any of the previous Wu-Tang games? Any of the Def Jam games? I think you know my answer to this already. I do. No. no? Okay. So <laughs> there was a Wu-Tang game, um, Shaolin style, back in the day. And um, it had a weird cult following. It also produced the worst PlayStation controller of all time in the shape of a Wu-Tang clan. Logo. Oh, that's what that was when I looked up. Yes. I was looking it up and I was like, what the fuck is that abomination? And now I know yes. what you're talking about. So, so this that is the worst controller of all time made for the Wu-Tang Shaolin style game. And obviously, the Wu-Tang Clan are gamers, I know, and um, apparently they're going to be involved in this. Have you got any thoughts on this? This seems to like have blown up today and people are raving about it. Um, Kat, anything? I just, I love the fact that they were like, we're not really clear if this is the martial arts style or hip-hop. Like, like they're, you know, related in any way. We're not really sure it's one of them. Maybe both, who knows. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm up for it. It sounds, you know, they were saying it was a third-person fantasy RPG. It's going to be melee. It's going to support four-player co-op. 
Um, and they said as well that it might have some kind of like magic involved, which makes me think it's more, you know, more the kind of, uh, or the less hip hop, more martial arts style type game of their saying yeah, it's um, going to create magic and building weapons. It would be very know. interesting to see the Wu-Tang Clan in a game doing magic. Yeah. Wielding yeah. weapons, just like radios, <laughs> big chunky block city radios. Um, <laughs> Have you guys not played the Def Jam games? No. Right. I played it very briefly at a friend's house when I was very much younger. I can't remember much about it at all. Right. I am going to get both of you to a Res event, <laughs> EGX Res or Birmingham or London or whatever, because they always have the Def Jam Fight for New York and Def Jam Vendetta games in the retro section. Is that the one with Snoop Dogg in it? Yeah, Snoop Dogg. Oh, I know, I know the scene where he gets like, is it where he gets betrayed or something? He's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. So, so the, these games are basically fighting games with Def Jam characters, and it's all rap. And these characters do outlandish moves. Uh, the Wu Tang game, like there is a is a rich history of rap and video games having a you know Fifty Cent Blood on the Sand, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. So. Miles, have you got any thoughts on this? Do you care? I mean, they've. You... it sounds like it's going to be a little bit Diablo-esque, and I am a big fan of that kind of genre of, uh, you know, like third-person melee action RPG. Like, I like it. I like that style of game, and I tend to play a lot of them. So, again, it's another one I have no idea about it. I don't really have any kind of expectation on it or anything like that. But, again, when I saw the story, I just thought, whack, but kind of cool. So... Yeah, it's another one. I don't really know anything about it, but I'm interested to see what the actual game will look like because I don't really know anything about the the weirdness of it per se. Fair enough. Well, uh, I am intrigued. I am like Microsoft seems to be doing some fucking weird things right now, and this seems to be supported by Microsoft, and it's going to be an Xbox game. I think to myself, what the fuck, Microsoft? This is just <laughs> like the weirdest choice. But then again, like if you are. If you are, a, a, you know, a, a gamer who's not quite sure which console to pick, and you have a big, and like affiliation with the Wu Tang Clan, I just hope that there is a level in a quarry, and the song is Gravel Pit. <laughs> now, like, check out my gravel pit. It's like, you know, the, anyway. Moving I'm on. Sold. <laughs> um, that's it for the topics this week. Well done, guys. That was that was hectic. We did Lovely. well. Thank you. Thanks for leading us through it. Yes, like a guide in the metaphorical storm. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it's so late, man. Anyway, onto our favorites for this week. So I chose this week our favorite video game mini game or like side game. So I'm thinking Grand Theft Auto's bowling. I'm thinking Gwen's. I'm thinking Triple Triad. What is your favorite mini game slash side game, Cat? Okay, so I didn't actually quite know if you meant physical games. So I've got both. So actual game side game that I love is, um, I have two. Well, it's kind of two. Um, first one is in Sonic Adventure 2, where you run Chow Garden, and then you can put them through the Chow Olympics, and then you can swim, you can run with them, you can do something else. That's great. And you feed them stuff, and they can turn evil. And it's this whole mini game in the game like you can either completely ignore it and get all of the levels in sonic or you can spend hours and i mean hours there were like secret nurseries and you could take them to a nursery where they'd train them like rabid rabid babies like who were just gonna be in yeah 
so that's that's one. Whenever I think of mini games, though, I do think of Fable's chicken kicking. Oh my god! <laughs> I had blanked that from my memory entirely. So yeah, and I love all the random crap. So I loved the the jogging in Grand Theft Auto Five. I loved the I love all the mini games in Grand Theft Auto. They actually do come up with some really cool ones. Um, I love I but Fable for me. They had their pub games. They had um, chicken kicking. They had the, the axe, like chopping wood. So as a mini game in itself, I love all the random shit. But if I had to pick a game specifically, it, it will have to be either Sonic Adventure 2 or Fable. The okay. wood chopping was really satisfying for me. I could have done that for hours. That yeah. was something where I was like, I'm going to take all my aggression out on this piece of wood. Yeah. And it was like, you've chopped 20 <laughs> pieces of wood. You get 18 coins. And I was like, fuck yeah. Could have done that for ages. Apparently that's very similar in Red Dead 2. I've not played Red Dead 2, but apparently you can do a lot of stuff on that. I'll get on that. I will. Miles, what is your favourite minigame slash side game? So I've got an obvious one, which you've already said, which is Gwent. I played so much fucking Gwent when I played The Witcher 3. It was basically, I stopped playing The Witcher 3 because I just played Gwent instead with everybody I came across all the time. Even when my deck got so overpowered and I realised you could use the, the artillery line and use the double up bonus and it would basically win you every match of Gwent ever to the point where when they then released Gwent as a standalone game I went and played about 100 hours of that and I got the platinum for it and it's one of my rarest platinums and wow. I made like different decks for each different class of decks that you could have and I made a fuck you deck to people where it would be like the card that you had. If they destroyed the card, it would damage all of their units for like four damage. And I just equipped my entire deck full of cards like that so that they would effectively have to kill themselves every time they played me. And I just played so much Gwent that I didn't really think or do anything else. I bought Thronebreaker because it was more Gwent. And I love that because I just played Gwent for another 30 hours to get through that campaign, which was brilliant. And I just think it's one of the best mini games ever made because it actually is on the same quality level as the actual games themselves, The Witcher, which I think is just ridiculous how they managed to turn a mini game into something which had held my attention for probably over 100 hours on its own. So that was my main one. And then what was my other one? Oh, yeah, my other one was from... Did you ever play Metal Gear Solid 3 Subsistence? Uh, the VR? No, no, I didn't know. That's MGS2. Um, so in MGS3 subsistence, Kojima added in like loads of new features. And one of them was a, an Ape Escape minigame where it was like you'd be set in the jungle and there'd be loads of like little monkeys running around <laughs> with the police hat lights on their head. And you'd have to like shoot them out of trees or you'd have to like go and shuffle them out of the grass. You could shoot them and capture them. Um, and I just remember being a kid and being like, what the hell is this? And then being like, this is awesome. And I played quite a bit of it. So uh, yeah, that was a cool one as well. Bravo, sir. I, I had a, a bit of a Gwent addiction in The Witcher 3. Um, but I, I quit The Witcher 3 when I realised I couldn't get the Platinum Trophy anymore, so... <laughs> I, I still I, need to go back. I, I fucked it off. Uh, I started on the you know the hardest difficulty, the Nightmare, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And um, managed to get to a field where it was like, do this, and then I failed the quest and it was like, this quest isn't replayable. What? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. What do you mean I can't finish the game? The fuck? Um, so yeah. Um, my favorite side game. <sighs> it's in Final Fantasy VII Remake. 
It's all about that uh, exercise. No, you are not. No, you're not. I do like to do pull-ups, but I much prefer to squat. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave this immediately. You are not bringing this trauma back for me. Now, this this side game is like Dark Souls, the side game. <laughs> it, is, it is a see you next Tuesday of a side game. I almost it, smashed my TV doing it. Oh my God. Like, but the thing is, right, I, I, I did that for about as many hours as I played Final Fantasy VII Remake up to that point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get this fucking trophy. Um, but it was worth it. You know, oh, I feel like I have never, with a Final Fantasy game, jumped up and ran around the living room screaming <laughs> like I just won an Olympic game, like I did when I did that. Like never, like with any any RPG, have I ever stood up and cheered my own success? But that's what I did with these mini games. I sat there and I was like, "What mini games did I like? I, I, I like darts in Watch Dogs. That was good. Yeah, I like Orlog in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yes." But I thought to myself, what is the mini game that really got under my skin and made me play? It wasn't beating up boxes. It was fucking squats. <sighs> what a fantastic mini game. I believe you just brought that back for me. Man, just think the next day, in the next part of the, they're going to bring it all back and remake part two. <sighs> You no. fucking know he's going to be in every single part of this room. Oh, it is, isn't it? I, <laughs> I even remember after I finally finished it, I went to like make food and my thumb was going in the same motion as you do, like obviously because you just have to learn it by muscle memory because <laughs> the prompts disappear from the screen. And I was like, my thumb is still going as though I'm still doing it now and I'm not. Okay. <sighs> I love it so much. It's just so fucking like when you press the wrong button and they're still going fast and you're like, yeah. no, fuck <laughs> you, no. And, 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 but then, then you get it, you know, you get it. And, and when it happens, there's no better feeling. The best part was when like the AI would screw up right at the start or something, or like, so you'd instantly have like a five, like a squat advantage oh, yeah. and you'd be like, fuck yes, I've got this now. And then you get to like 20 and they'd be gaining on you like one every like two every one that you do and then you'd screw up one prompt and that was it you knew it was over and yeah. you'd like you can't even just restart it it's faster just to wait it out and start again so you just yeah. have to watch them doing squats and beating the shit out of your score and be like cool this is great i love this i hate you yeah and like randomly every so often the ai would mess up yeah it's always end. scripted to at least once in on the hard mode it's always scripted to fail at least once and uh yeah that that's when i beat it and I was like, the one time you had a flaw. I <laughs> yeah, screw it I up, man. exploited it. <laughs> and it, like, I walked out of there, six, like, he'd beaten me like 200 times on the track. <laughs> and I walked out, the champion, because I beat you the last time, dickhead. <laughs> uh, never mind the times. Anyway, uh, that is it for the favourite things this week. I think we're almost wrapping up, so I'm just going to go through our... Oh, no, recommendations. I've forgotten about recommendations. Um recommendations is the part where we recommend something that we want to tell people about it doesn't have to be games related it could be cereal could be the smell of a cat's breath could be the mist on a summer morning uh cat the smell of whose breath <laughs> not you like okay i was looking at my cat but I'm, talking... no, sorry. I'm very minty thank you very much right now i've been drinking pepsi and lime um 
So my recommendation of the week is a, another podcast. Dun, dun, dun. But it's not a gaming podcast, that's okay. <laughs> and this is a podcast called uh, God in Films. So I'm not religious in any way, but actually I think this is a really clever idea. Um, and essentially it is a Christian and atheist who kind of deep dive into the best of kind of cinema and what has to offer and they do kind of all these things to look at kind of the parallels between the biblical stories or just the stories of the bible or any kind of gospel etc etc um, or whether it has any at all um uh kind of nuances so they've done buffy the vampire slayer they've done star trek they've done the handmaid's tale they've done uh fleabag they've done doctor who and it's really cool it, they're about an hour long some of them are like half hour long um and just done by two guys who occasionally bring in um kind of guests who might know lots about the shows that they're doing but yeah they've just had like a little bit of a tv series um season and uh yeah check it out if if that's your kind of thing if you do like film or you do like the nuances of the backgrounds of film or what what film might be inspired by or been taken from or changed or whatever whatever or yeah that's my, my recommendation i think oh, it's did... out on all podcast series what was that called god uh, god and film okay i'm gonna give that a listen thank you very yeah, much no worries miles what is your recommendation for the week well sean mine is neptunia x and no, i'm joking i'm not actually going to do that um i'm not saying Sanran. um <laughs> mine is a little game which i bought for less than a pound on the playstation store on the halloween deals currently which is called yet another zombie defense game and it's shit but in the best kind of way where it's kind of one tiny little map the people that you play as are like ps1 era blocks the zombies all animate terribly and like when you get hit by something there's no actual hit animation you just see a little spurt of blood coming out of you and your your health bar goes down but it's really fun so it's basically just an endless horde mode where Every round you kill zombies, you get money, and then you build up barricades and defenses and you get turrets and all different weapons like flamethrowers and lasers and rocket launchers and all the typical stuff. Um, but it was just such a nice palette cleanser. As you guys know, I've been playing quite a lot in terms of the Crisis Trilogy and Senran, which has been such an experience. Thank you, Sean. Um, so it's been nice to have a little game on the side, which is nice and easy and straightforward. And you just jump into and murder thousands of zombies and have a good time doing it. Um, it's got like an online co-op mode so you can jump in with other people and slaughter the hordes together um, it's nothing special it's not going to be anything which is going to be you know a great time you're not going to necessarily you know want to play it for days on end but it's a nice kind of couple hours to spend your time you know there are worse ways to spend less than a quid um, and yeah I just had a good time with it and I thought it was worth shouting out because you know there's a there's space for those kind of little games that just palette cleanse you from the bigger ones so yeah that was mine Fair enough. How, how easy is a platinum trophy in this game? Uh, it's not hard, uh, but a couple of them can be a bit of a pain if you don't know what you're doing. So there's one where you have to get like up to a million points in one defense, uh, which sounds difficult until you realize you can use barriers and the auto turrets with sniper rifles, which murk everything in the game for like 19 rounds. Um, and then there's like a couple of really specific ones. So there's one where you have to like kill eight zombies with one sniper bullet or like kill 12 of them with like one laser round, which sounds easy, but it really isn't when because you need to kind of set it up properly. Um, so I wouldn't say it's not a hard platinum, but it's not, yeah, it's it's more than doable if you're semi competent at games. Fair enough. There was a, there's a, a stench of buy me, I'm a very easy <laughs> platinum trophy about that game. Um, I was half expecting the, the trophy guy to say one out of ten difficulty, etc. But um, <laughs> I, 
I might give it a little less than a quid. Yeah, no, I think it's more like maybe kind of a three in or I mean maybe a four at a push, but it's definitely not like it's not like the lady in a leotard that's just come out or whatever with a gun. That one's pure platinum bait, but <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. you, oh, oh no, you mean the, oh are you kidding? That's back out. Yeah, it's like lady in a leotard with a gun or something like that. I don't know. It looks like absolute trophy bait garbage. If, if this is from the same people, the voices, um, they did the lizard lady. Yes, uh, I think it is. Oh, that's another one. <laughs> Look forward to that review this week. I'm telling you now. <laughs> I fucking hate these games. Oh, God. I yeah. love reviewing them. Like, I genuinely feel angry while playing them. This is fantastic. <laughs> it's just they piss you off inherently. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Um, my recommendation for this week is another podcast, but again, not game related. It's called Batman The Audio Adventures. So I don't know if this is a new thing, um, but uh, HBO have teamed with a load of very famous actors and actresses to put together a Batman podcast, basically. It's like an audio play uh, featuring Batman. And it's awesome. Genuinely really good. Like, um, I have got into kind of audio kind of plays, I guess they're called, um, recently. And this one is one of the better ones. It's great because it sounds like a radio show. And you get little chunks of each story. So there's two episodes out right now. Uh, and there is like little bits of the Penguin story, little bits of Two-Face's story, little bits from the Joker. And it's all done through conversations and sound effects. And there is a narrator who um, does an excellent job, like really good scene setting job. And he's a really famous voice actor that I cannot remember. Um, but genuinely excellent, excellent audio plays. Uh, that have had me on the edge of my seat. And I've also made me laugh a lot. There are some excellent um, adverts between little snippets of the actual audio play. So one of them is like an advert for a clown and it's like, hire Bonzo, Bonzo the clown. Bonzo the clown has nothing to do with the Joker. It's really hard to be a clown these days in Gotham City. And that's <laughs> the only crime that Bonzo has ever committed was vehicular manslaughter but that's old crimes. Um, <laughs> it's it's just it's just so funny, and um, I, I would highly recommend it. I do hope they carry it on. I don't know like when the next episodes are coming or anything because it's kind of like they've just shown up out of nowhere. Um, so yeah, give that go. Give those listen. They are very cool. Cool. That was recommendations, which brings us to what is coming out this week. So if you are listening to this on the day the podcast goes up. You can enjoy the games such as Story of Seasons, Friend of Mineral Town, which is hitting PS4, Xbox One, etc. etc. Also coming out today, Darkest Dungeon 2, which is hitting PC. It's an epic game store exclusive, and it will fuck you up based on all the previews. I don't think there's any reviews for this just yet because I think code went out like two days ago, but it does look just as fucking punishing as the first game. Also coming out on the 26th is Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, which has got some great reviews today. A game that didn't get so many quite good reviews was Neptunia x Senran Kagura Ninja Wars. What? What do you mean it didn't get good reviews? I know. What a surprise. <laughs> Shocking. How the gaming industry is fucked. If, if you would like a, a decent review of, um, not decent as in it's a decent <laughs> game, but if you would like a well-written review about that game, check out fingerguns.net for our man Miles' impressions on said game. 
it was Miles's turn. I think it's Kat's turn next. You have such an experience, out of you. Such Cannot an experience. Wait. I, I, this, this is a thing that happens in the Finger Guns Tower where we rotate whose turn it is to play the Senran Kagura game. <laughs> if you've not heard of the Senran Kagura game, just well, Google it. Where have you been? Living under a rock? <laughs> just, just Google it on a safe search, okay? Um, the, worst, the worst part is I might be the first person to platinum it, and I'm not sure I really want that accolade in my life. Sure you do. <laughs> no, I'm not sure I do. <laughs> just, just, just imagine how angry the internet nerds are going to be when they get buys on day one going, <laughs> I'm going to be the first one to platinum Senran Kagura, and like, who's this guy? Who's stolen in. <laughs> okay, also coming out on the 26th is the Smurfs, Smurfs Mission Relief. Um, I don't know. <laughs> there's two Star Wars. Game of the year, that. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. There's two uh, Star Wars double packs coming out at retail today, um, which is Star Wars Racer and Commando Combo, and the Star Wars Jedi Knight Collection, which is the uh, Jedi Academy games. Also coming out on the 26th is Moon Glow Bay, which is coming out on PC and Xbox. Basically, if you like Stardew Valley and you like fishing, go and get that game. Coming out on consoles. Um, for the first time on October 26th, it's Iron Harvest, which is like a turn-based XCOM-style game, but with a steampunk aesthetic. Looks very cool. Um, on the 27th, we have <laughs> Daddish, which is like a... It looks like a Pikmin game, but with radishes. And also coming out on the 27th is Pumpkin Jack, which we can read a review of on the... Yes, on the figureguns.net website. Uh, Daddish 2 is also coming out on the 27th because why not just release both the game and both the game and the sequel in one week why not you know <laughs> fuck it <laughs> let's just do it um, October 28th Fatal Frame Maiden of Blackwater is launching also launching is Undernaught's Labyrinth of Yomi uh, Voice of Cards The Isle Dragon Roars which I know both myself and Toby are going to be vying for probably uh, Virtual Verse is coming out on consoles. Black Widow Recharged, which is another one of these uh, Atari games where they're recharging. So they do like a, a modern day spin on it. They've done Centipede and now they're doing Black Widow. And also Roki is coming to consoles. Uh, it's, it's out on Switch already, out on PC. I reviewed the game. I gave it a 9 out of 10 last year. It was one of my favorite games of last year. If you've not played Roki, give that a go on PS5 and Xbox Series. Also coming out on the 28th is Happy Game, which is freaky and weird and definitely not happy. Also on the 28th, God, this week is so busy, uh, Riders Republic is hitting PC and consoles. And so is Age of Empires 4, uh, which is coming out on PC. It got a lot of great reviews this week. Um, so if you are into Age of Empires, go and give that a look. On the 29th, Mario Party Superstars launches on Switch. And finally, on October 30th, Truck Driver, yep, that classic, is launching on Xbox Series and PlayStation 5. Oh, what a week. I guess that's it. Did we do a podcast? I think we just did. I think we, we did, did, yeah. I don't want the quiz again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so proud of you a fine job, Sean. A fine job. I'm so proud of you guys. We, we, we did it. We did another podcast. Short we did staffed it. Without our usual host. This is the last the last time you hosted it was just me and Miles as well, wasn't it? Yeah, that's because yeah, Toby and Greg and Ross hate me. <laughs> 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 they knew what your quiz was going to be this week and they all bailed. Troublesome trio. <laughs> 
I've 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 toned down the quiz. The next one's going to be even less. You know, I I want to get to a point where I ask ten questions and get ten answers. I don't. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, next next week we're all going to be really prepared and we're going to say all the dumb answers and we're going and you're going to be like, no, it's not that simple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see be like, what color is Mario's hair? <laughs> <laughs> what famous color is associated with Sonic? <laughs> what animal is Spyro? <laughs> Oh my Colour god! Is Pikachu. <laughs> I'm I'm going to do. I'm probably going to do a, a themed quiz soon. Um, I'm probably going to do Pokemon. So if you don't yes. like Pokemon, wait. Um, but what gen Pokemon? Because like, if you're going to do like seventh gen, like I'm so I'm going to do up to the most recent generation. But I'm going to try. Okay. Well, I'm I'm going to kind of avoid like um the middle ones because I didn't play them because they were crap. So yeah. I'm probably going to do like red, blue. Yeah. Yellow, yep. um, and then maybe the latest ones, but we'll see. Okay. I, I definitely want to get a, as many questions out of the original 151. Obviously, yeah, that'd be great. You could you could definitely do easily a lot of quizzes about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening to us. Um, our descriptions and etc. are all in the link tree that are attached in this podcast. Just look at the description, and you'll see little link tree link that shows everywhere that we are including all of our social media posts etc if you did like this podcast thank you very much for listening tell people and then go and support us on patreon which is also in the description below it's a dollar a month and that keeps the website going keeps the podcast going it keeps us caffeinated enough to do these things at stupid o'clock at night thank you well i think we did it we did yay We'll be back next week with more crazy gaming goodness, another quiz, more topics, and uh, our usual brand of complete stupidity. Um, I've been Sean Davis, your host. Are you going to say goodbye, Kat? Bye. Are you going to say goodbye, Miles? Farewell. Farewell. So so formal. I'm going to say bye. Bye. And that's it for another podcast. Yay. Yay. Woo.